check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast, because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. A very good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GEA Podcast. So I'm delighted to be joined on Zoom by the Ulster winning Cavan Senior Football Manager, Mickey Graham. Um, has that fully sink, sank in with you, Mickey? You're, you're, you're an Ulster winning manager. Um, after two years, did it? Has it the winter really let that bed in your head? Um, it's it's hard to know. Um, I suppose you know when you when you look back at you know ninety seven and you see the, the the euphoria that was after it, and you know that went on for for. No, I wouldn't say weeks or months. It probably went on for 23 years. But um, yeah, and you no, know, it, it really probably hasn't because we haven't really been interacting with a lot of people since it. So we've kind of been in our little bubble, you know, amongst ourselves after that. You know, your close family and friends, you maybe w- would have got chatting to them about it. But even now, to this day, you know, in the job that I'm at, you're traveling around the whole county and you're still starting to bump into people every week that you know, are coming up and saying to you, Jesus, you know, well done, well done, because you wouldn't have seen those people before. They wouldn't have seen you to come over, mm-hmm. come over and talk to you. And, you know, they're, they just are so, they're so happy to be able to, to, to thank you and say, well done. And what an achievement. Whereas in normal circumstances, then people would have probably got their hands in you that night or the next day or in, in, in the following week. So, you know, it's still, it's still, it's still, it's still a bit raw. Um, as a guards that, as I said, a lot of people, even just even today, a couple of lads I met, you know, elderly people, you know, talking to them for ages, just so, you know, so excited about it. So, yeah, look, as because of the circumstances, it definitely probably hasn't sank in just yet. I suppose the the disappointing thing. I was slagging on the commentary that Martin McHugh had free dinners for the last 23 years. You haven't had a chance to get all these free dinners yet around the county. No, no, it'd be interesting to see how that works. I think when, <laughs> when businesses get back up and running, they'll be looking to make every penny they can. So I don't think there'll be too many free dinners going now unless somebody's going to buy them from me. But look, as I said, um, we're, we're just delighted that we were able to, you know, light up people's lives during that time. And um, I think it's going to be in, in in years and years to come that people will talk about 2020 a wee bit like they talked about the polar grounds because, you know, it's a year that a lot of people won't forget, um, especially it was the, the pandemic and it was the knockout championship and it was played in Armagh. So there was so many things that was different about it. So because of that, people probably remember this one a lot, you know, for, for, for a long time to come. Yeah. Looking back then on, on, 2020 if if you could point to one thing that was different within the group between 2019 and 2020 is is there one thing that really stood out for you that made the difference yeah i just think the way the players you know um uh, adapted during the course of the year and um, you know it was going to be always very 
difficult when we first went in as a management team to try and it probably, you know, lay out our plan and how we wanted to play. And we kind of said at the start, you know, things could get worse before they could they get better. And it was a change of a mindset. It was a change about, you know, how we done things, our behaviours, you know, and expecting good things to happen, but also be prepared for bad things to happen along the way. But the main thing was that everybody stuck together and trusted in each other. And um, we created a great um, bond within the group. And they could see that, everybody could see that what we were trying to do, it didn't always come off. It did at times, other times it didn't. But, you know, we kind of believed in what we were trying to do and that we felt that if, if it did come off, you know, we'd, we'd get big performances and we could, you know, win big games. And, you know, thankfully it did. And the players now see that it did work. But you have to give them great credit for trusting and believing in the whole management team, you know, and the direction that we wanted them to go in. But also the way they conducted themselves on and off the field as well in, in 2020, you know, they were a credit to themselves and their families. And they've definitely changed the mindset of how things are done and, you know, what's acceptable now and what's not acceptable. Yeah, definitely. The standards have, have been, have been risen within that came confidence. And I, I was saying to a few people, I was surprised, but excited at how confident the players were in the build up to the Donegal game. Like every player that I, you know, sent the message of good luck, almost to a man came back saying we're going to do it did, did you feel the same level of confidence yeah there was you know you, you you get them feelings anybody that's that's been had success and you know has been involved in teams that have gone out and 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 and, and put in big performances sometimes you get a sense of them in the lead up to the game now there's also a sense that you think there's a great performance coming and it could end up being your flattest performance as well it doesn't always work out that way but the players felt, you know, leading going into the Donegal game that, you know, they had nothing to lose. Everybody had wrote them off. They felt that if they could back, you know, themselves and play for 65, 70 minutes, they were going to be there. We felt that we had the work done and we felt we had a lot of boxes ticked. So it was about just arriving on the day and making sure that we gave it everything we had. And the players, when we sat down and we looked at how we were going to approach the game, the players were happy with the way things were going and looking forward to it and felt that this was the right way to go. And we, you know, the one thing we always do is we always get, you know, take the feedback the players give us and we'd always ask, do you think this will work? Do you think that'll work? And see what they have to say about it. And, you know, there's a great understanding between everybody there. So there was a great confidence, um, you know, but momentum, you were after coming off the back of, four games going into you know going into that game so you know momentum was there and you were just felt that every game you were finding out more about yourself you were learning more about yourself you were getting 20 25 30 35 minute performances and we were hoping that the that 70 minutes performance would come we knew it was there but you know we were hoping that it would come and it did come was that the most complete performance you've ever been over as a manager. I know you've had some great ones with Mullen and, and and club teams around Cavan in the past, but does that rank up at the top of them? Or yeah, I, I think so. Um, I, I played with Cavan. I've watched Cavan all my life. Um, I've seen some great performances of Cavan teams down through the years. Um, I've been a part of some great performances of Cavan teams through the years. That game to me, uh, you know, 
just probably was one of the best games I ever seen a Cavan team play. And, you know, the way they went about their business, it's only, I suppose, when you sit back and watch it, but the amount of people that would have said after the game to me that they knew after 15 minutes Cavan were going to win because the the, the hunger, the show, the determination, the, you know, you could see it in their play, their confidence. So if people could see it, you know, the players definitely believed it. And I would say it was probably one of the best Cavan performances I ever witnessed as a player and even as a spectator and as a manager as well. And yeah, look at it, you know, for everything to fall into place like it did on the day, you know, it doesn't always happen that way, but definitely it's up there with one of the best I've ever seen. Mm, probably the, it, it, it is the best performance I've ever seen from a Cavan team. But probably the thing that stood out for me most of all was that while the players done everything that, that you could ask from them, they had a lot of adversity to deal with in the game, the black cards and, you know, sin bins that, that were, were harsh. You know, as on the dogs, they could have very easily, you know, started to drop the heads at those moments. But you must have been so proud that those moments didn't derail the effort. Yeah, look, at, and it's one thing we would have said to them, you know, in every single game, you know, we have to learn from, from our defeats from previous years. We have to learn, you know, why we kept coming up short. We had to learn and develop that mental toughness that when things aren't going away, that we don't just throw in the towel and say, oh, here, it's not our day here. And that's what we probably have been doing for a number of years. So, you know, it was about adapting to the situation you found yourselves in and not feeling sorry for yourselves and doing something about it and, and looking for answers instead of looking for excuses. There was an awful, probably an excuse culture, you know, around the place for, for, for years that when things went wrong, there was always somebody to blame. There was always something to blame. There was always something wrong with facilities or there wasn't enough food or there wasn't somebody who wasn't doing something right. So there was always you know, somebody willing to point the finger, but collectively, you know, the, this group, you know, didn't do that. You know, they took accountability for their own performances. They took responsibility for, for things when they didn't go well. And instead of looking for somebody to blame, which is the easiest thing to do in life, they looked about doing something about it. And um, they've done that in all the games during that championship. And even during the league, when, when we got relegated, nobody looked for, for, for somebody to blame for getting relegated. We actually looked and we seen that, you know, it was all our own doing. We just didn't do what we were meant to do. And if we had done one or two different things, we would have won the game. And players knew that, management knew that, and we all took collective responsibility for that. And because we did, we said we'd try and put it right. And, and, and that's what we did. Was that taken of responsibility something that you had developed as as a manager or is it something that you'd learned while being a player that that you have look at i suppose in the early days i would have been one of those players probably we look for excuses when we weren't coming up short with calvin gales and we were expected to win senior championships but then you know at some stage of your career you have to turn around as a player and say you know what these people can't all be wrong you know maybe it's me that's wrong here and maybe it's us the players that isn't doing what we should and we have to take a good look at ourselves and I remember 
plenty of times in a, in the changing room as a club player with me club saying, you know what, lads, the problem is us. It's not it's not what's going on around us. We have to take his responsibility. We have to be accountable for what we do on and off the field. And when we started to do that, we could see things changing. And then obviously we had great success with the club. And the same at management, you know, as a management team, you never stop learning and you're always looking to get that extra bit of nugget of, of, of information or, or learning that you can use going forward. And, you know, sometimes you get it wrong and you put your hands up and say, look at lads, I got it wrong or we got it wrong this week. You know, how do you feel? And they might say, yeah, look, we should have. And we'd say, yeah, you're right. But, you know, that you're not going to get it right every day. But you have to be able to be a man and say, yeah, look, I didn't get it right today. We, we thought, you know, this was the way to go, but it wasn't. But we'll fix it. And how do you think we should go about fixing it? And I think that when you have a management and the players all on the same wavelength as that and can take responsibility and take accountability when they need to, then and call each other out when you need to, you know, you're going to get a bit of respect there and trust as well. And that goes a long way. Yeah, very, very well said. Tell me this. So it, it, it was famed, it was all over social media. You you um you you got very emotional during your BBC interview after where you just had to step away. It just got too much for you. Can you recall what was going through your mind when when the emotion started to really take a hold of you? Yeah, the first thing I thought about was all the people at home watching and screaming at the television, um, young family, friends, um, you know, all the the years that people said that we could never do it. And, you know, all the years that we've come up short, Cavan as a county and knowing that the passionate supporters we had had nothing to cheer about and didn't think it was going to be changed you know in 2020 and that also the final against Donegal where nobody really you know gave us a chance and just think I had a minute or two before that to think about it and as I said it was very strange because usually after a game you're 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 you know you're, you're engulfed with supporters your family is usually out on top of you straight away your close friends are usually there and there was nobody there so you had a bit of time just to gather your thoughts in and stuff like that. And then, you know, with COVID and everything else, it just, it just, it just, it just, I suppose, knowing what the effort them lads put in as well, Damien, and the, the grief that they would have had to put up with telling people, telling them that, you know, they weren't good enough or we just didn't have the players, knowing that they were after going out and defying all them odds and, and showing what they could do and to bring the best performance of their careers as well, I suppose. It all just, it all just came together. It definitely did. And, and, and it made for great telly. Without saying, without saying too much, you, you, you said a thousand words of, and I think that, the Cavan supporters really jumped on to that because I think there was a lot of emotional Cavan supporters at home watching the telly, you know, just wishing that they were there, but so, so proud of, of you and the boys in that moment. So it was, it was quite apt. I think it, it, it really captured the emotion of the day that that little interview you done with BBC. So fair play. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and it was funny because my, my phone doesn't work down the north <laughs> for some reason. I don't have any coverage when I go down there. So you can imagine I was traveling at home alone from Armagh and no talking to nobody. Nobody was able to ring me. I wasn't able to ring my family. Um, and all of a sudden I arrived at the roundabout in Monaghan town. Next thing I see these blue flags and jumping around the roundabout of Monaghan. 
and I got the far side of Monaghan, the phone started to explode then and sure, you know, just with messages and people ringing and then it just kind of hit home, Jesus, like, you know, what, what's happening and then they hit Butler's Bridge then as well, so look, at, it was great, as I said, it was, it, it was a strange one at the same time, but yeah, look, at, there was a lot of emotion and a lot of, um, a lot of relief as well. I suppose the homecoming in, in extremely strange circumstances, it, it was something that was very special too because the the crowds that came out in, in Butler's Bridge, I think they, they, there was some at Legge Kelly. I was a fair bit behind you, so I didn't get to see it all, but there were still a few people at Legge Kelly coming by. That that obviously would have been nice because maybe it was slightly unexpected. Yeah, and, and talking to a number of the players since that, you know, they were totally taken back by it. Uh, they didn't expect it at all, you know. They... Uh, you know, we we would have told them, you know, a difference there, you know, just casual chats of how it was in 97. And they were probably saying, wow, you know, is that what it was like? And they, I don't think we're expecting the crowds at Lega Kelly or Butler's Bridge or even Cavan, you know, when we got back in the streets of Cavan. So they were taken back by it. But I think also they realised what it meant to the people as well. And, you know, it gave them a great lift to see that. And the people gave the players a great lift as well, you know, just the appreciation. And I think COVID was forgot about for those 24 hours, I think, you know, which was probably no harm at that stage. Yeah, we were all blue in the face with COVID. Compare it to 97, where you were completely engulfed by supporters and maybe as a group didn't get together until, you know, just yourselves for, I don't know what period of time. But then in, in 2020, you've got to stay together as a group and, and, and have that little celebration within the bubble was it was it a very different obviously a very different but was it was it something nice about it as well yeah um i would have tipped on uh, early enough but i know the boys kind of stayed together and they enjoyed each other's company and be able to talk back about the game and you know be able to tell each other stories about their families at home and what they were doing and you hear some great stories you hear see some great videos of as you said earlier people crying people couldn't watch the last five minutes out running outside the front door telling them i was talking to one man he said he went walking the dog for the last five minutes he couldn't watch the game he says he was just hoping when he came back that it was over and that the wife was roaring out the window at him that we had won so you know that's got the talk and plus they, they got to spend a wee bit of time with their families and, and and reflect and talk to them which would probably wouldn't have happened in normal circumstances because you know you probably would have come back you'd have been engulfed with crowds you would have been in amongst them probably would have went to you know for a few drinks and people pulling out of them so from that point of view, it was different. And I think the boys appreciated it a wee bit more that they were able to do that as well. And, you know, if it done anything, it probably galvanised them even more as a group. Yeah, I suppose the, 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 the following season then with Tron at the Turmoil, they were expecting to be to be back fairly quick. But, they, um, you know, obviously the end of January, it, it didn't come round. But it definitely seemed to be that the, the lads were chomping at the bit to go and, you know, get into 2021 as quick as possible as a result of the success in 2020? Yeah, look, it was just obviously the confidence um, and, and the belief that they would have got from that. And even the Dublin game, we would have been very disappointed. You know, that wasn't going up there and trying, you know, it wasn't 
you know, try and keep the score down. We firmly believe we could put it up to Dublin. And when we look back, there were certain aspects of the game where, especially in the first half, we felt that we could only be in a point or two. And we'd done a lot of silly things that we talked about not doing. So we, we, we were hurt after that game because we felt there was more in us, that we could have done a lot better. And then we realised too that while we have come a long way in a short space of time, that there's still a lot of work to do. And we still see where Dublin are physically and, and condition-wise and that we thought we had come a long way in that. But we also know we've still a good bit of work to do in that end of things. Skill sets, work ethic. I mean, people talk about Dublin and the great players, but you know the key to Dublin is the work ethic right all over the field. And the, you know they're just relentless for that 70 minutes. And that our players seen that firsthand, so they know exactly where the level that they need to get to to keep moving. And we 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 would believe that we're still quite a bit off that level, and that we still have lots of work to do. And because of that, the players are looking to get back on the field. We're looking to get back as quick as possible to start rectifying that. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Can, can the Dubs be caught, this Dublin team? Look, it's like everything else. Sooner or later, they're going to come back to the pack. Whether, whether it's this year, I don't know, or next year, but it's going to happen. Things don't last forever. It's sport. Cavan Gales were dominant in club football for years. Eventually, it comes to an end. Barcelona in Europe, you know, Man United in the Premier League, Leinster in Munster and rugby, you know, New Zealand in rugby. Eventually, you know, it's very hard to stay at the top all the time. You will get... A period of time that you know there'll be probably, as I said, a lull and and a changing of the guard and you know people talk about talent and players is fine but it's all you need good leaders as well in your team and you know when Dublin lose a couple of their top leaders have the same boys with the same mentality coming through only time will tell they have been able to bring lads through the last number of years but look at we we just have to keep you know developing and learning and trying to improve and no more than every other team wait for them to come back to the pack and when they do everybody has to be then trying to make the most of it and 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 take advantage of it. I suppose in order for Cavan to continue developing the important part was you as management you stayed on compare again to 97 was that comparison will always go on there was a complete flux in terms of of both players and, and maybe management, some of the older players stepping away. You've managed to to pretty much hold the, the whole group together with the exception of maybe one of your backroom team. But how important was that for you? Was there any temptation for you to say, Do you know what, I'm after winning us the title now, I'll step away and, and I can live on this for a while? No, because when, when we first took the job, you know, we, we would have sat down and we'd have said, this is where we want to go. It might take us three years, it could take us four years, it could take us five years. And you know, it wasn't just all about winning. 
either you know we didn't say we'll win a championship in in four years time or three years time or we'll win a national league we said that we wanted to develop a team that could consistently play at the highest level against the high the top teams week in week out on a yearly basis that you weren't up and down up and down like we found ourselves for years that we could find a level that you know what let's stay at the top level here let's consistently stay here and try you know get better playing against the better teams and be competitive in every game we go out on and then when our time comes to move on somebody else might come in and bring it to another level again and, and push it on even further that we leave the foundation in place <clears throat> that somebody can come in and build on what we're after doing and push Calvin forward into the next into the next <laughs> decade or whatever it is and that players want to play for Cavan again and that it's attractive to play for Cavan again and most importantly that the players are enjoying playing for Cavan again and I think that is that is the key and I think if you ask any player now I think they really are enjoying playing for Cavan um, I know they are because if they weren't they wouldn't be involved and you know they would have come and said it so it, that's the sign in itself that nobody wanted to step away because they're enjoying what they're doing there's now players looking from the outside in saying what do I have to do to get in there? Whereas years for years it might have been easy, the easier, um, not as easy to get off the squad that it is to get on it, you know. So um, whereas now it's a totally, totally different mindset. You have to have certain targets to hit before you even consider getting in on the squad. And you know, and then when players are on the outside looking in, they know that you know what this is a serious operation. This is how things should be done, and then they want to be you know, a part of that and which is great for Cavan football moving forward and hopefully it remains that way for years and years to come. I suppose the important part of, of any setup is to keep it fresh and as we record here next Monday you're you're allowed back out onto the field. Um had you had you any dilemma in terms of trying to maybe do what other counties are doing and, and pull the lads together in some shape or form? No, um, I'm a firm believer. I'm a firm believer that you know if you trust the players, you have to do the work that you've given them, and they do it. You know, and they see that you trust them. They will. They will. They will pay you back. You know, in leaps and bounds. Plus, there's so you know. Sometimes you can overload. Sometimes you can give lads too much information. Sometimes you can have online meetings just for the sake of having them. Whereas we fed last year, we didn't do an awful lot of that. And the boys come back really hungry and fresh. And I've no doubt that's going to be the, the case on next Monday evening when we come back. The boys are going to be like spring lambs, hopefully, you know, bouncing on the on the summer ground. It's going, it's like what a time of year to be coming back to train. Long evenings, lovely warm evenings. It's summer. It's real championship, the smell of fresh cut grass. You know, this is what every county player since I was playing enjoyed this time of year because you knew there was something special happening championship wasn't far away so i can imagine every county player in the country is feeling that way now at this moment in time Damien. yeah I, I i can imagine particularly the ones who who maybe didn't break restrictions anyway they'll be they'll be in in top top form come next monday um keeping the freshness in the panel there, there's a few new faces we're hearing rumors about can you can you shed any light on the new faces in around the panel 
Yeah, look, at, at this moment in time, we have a panel of about 39 lads. Um, we have about seven or eight lads just outside that 39 who are on standby, basically. And, you know, they've been given work to do that. If we feel that anybody breaks down or picks up injuries, that them lads will come in and replace them. And plus, it, it, we know the work that they've been doing away from it. So, because it's very hard for us to go and look at a club player at this moment in time because we don't know what he's done or what condition he's in health-wise, you know, injury-wise, stuff like that. So um, the lads, the 39 lads that we have at this moment in time, we, we will review it again before the National League starts. We might bring it down to 36, Damien. So we've added a few new fresh faces to it just to try and keep everybody on their toes and, you know, keep everybody focused and that nobody can slacken off because these boys are coming in hungry. So, you know, you have young Kiwi McGovern has been added to the squad at this moment in time. Sean McAvoy and uh, Brian O'Connell as well is there. So, you know, there are just three new faces off the top of my head that have, have come into the extended squad at this moment in time. How important, you mentioned Cuevin uh, and Sean who, who are, who are, 18, 19 years of age, how important is it for you then to have these youngsters to give them the experience to, to build on so that you can continue the development? Exactly. And th that's what it's about. You know, <clears throat> you're, you're bringing them young lads into an environment where they have seen, you know, play, they can see firsthand what the players are doing, how they, how they, you know, how they, what would you say, how they go about performing, how they train, how they focus, how they prepare for training, how they, you know, how they recover after training. And for them young lads to come in and, and be in an environment where these players, you know, lead from the front and take responsibility and, you know, are driving the thing themselves, you know, it, it rubs off on them younger players and they'll see that firsthand. And plus the older lads that are there, are great to have around younger lads because they're real um, they're real good at communicating with the younger lads and encouraging them and driving them on and if they see that the the younger lads come in and that they're not doing a certain thing that they should be doing or they're stepping out of line they, you know the, the senior players wouldn't be long you know calling them calling them <laughs> pulling them up on it and and basically saying you know that's not good enough we have standards here and this is the standards we have and if you want to make it at the top you have to you know live to these standards and that can only rub off in them and then you'll be hoping that you know by them learning from the older players that they'll you know, relate that back to their you know the players that come in behind them as well so you know it's a knock-on effect the whole way down the line and that you're just creating good habits and you're getting them younger players used to good habits and and, and, and you create, you know, in a high performance environment where everything is done to the highest standard. Yeah, very, look, it, it'll be great to see how the younger lads and, and how the likes of Brian O'Connell steps in. He's been highly rated at club football over the last number of years, along with um, a few others, I'm sure, that just kept the, uh, kept the panel nice and fresh. Looking, though, on ahead, so obviously come mid-May, you'll be starting into the league um, three games, hopefully semi-final, final, and then it goes into championship. And the GFs decided to reintroduce the gaps between the championship games. What's your thoughts on that? Is it a positive or a negative? Yeah, look, because you're coming into the time of year, hard ground, you have very little time to, you know, condition the body to games. You have four weeks to prepare for your first league game. So it's inevitable that there's going to be lots of injuries, Damien. So championship football during the winter mightn't even play it at the highest intensity. 
of summer football because of the heavier pitches. But you're going to have lads now that have been in the gyms or working at home gyms and preparing for this, you know, the last six months. So there's going to be a lot of physicality. Things are going to be done a little bit quicker than the war last year during the championship. There'll be bigger hits. There'll be things, you know, a lot more speed and power to the, to the, to the game and, you know, a lot more twisting and turning as well. You know, whereas, you know, last year the pitches were a wee bit slower, a wee bit heavier. So it's, there's going to be a serious demand on, on players' bodies during the championship. And I think that, you know, a break in between will any knock at all will give lads a bit of time to recover because it'd be a shame that, you know, lads pick up a little niggle and that, you know, 10 days they could be fine, but, you know, seven days they mightn't be. So it just gives the lads, you know, considering the effort that they've been putting in, gives them that wee bit of extra time to recover. Yeah, I suppose I hadn't I hadn't really considered the uh, the harder ground and and the increase in the tempo of the games. All right, will will be quite taxing. It was it was just so enjoyable to see games week in week out last year yeah. that you, you'd almost be tuned into that way. Have you had an opportunity then as a group to to set the targets for twenty twenty one? Yeah, well, look at uh, the target. I suppose is 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 the first game in the national league, and we're not looking any further than that. And the one thing I've learned in this job is you can't look any further than that. You know, you'd obviously have your your short term goals and long term goals, but because then the league is coming in very quickly, you know, I think you know we could have about eight, nine, ten sessions before the league start pitch sessions. You know, so. Um, we just have to try and hit the ground running for that league game because there's only three games this year in the league. Um, every game is hugely important in that in that in that in that league. So as I said, one loss in that group and you could be in trouble. So uh, we'll focus on um, we'll focus on that first league game and we, then we'll focus on the game after that. And you know the championship draw has been made next week, but you know to be honest with you, we'll not look just at that championship just yet until we get up and running the league and. You know, it's going to take us a while to find out about ourselves. Obviously, we want to evolve moving forward. We just don't want to stay static and, you know, hopefully hoping that our performance last year, that we can replicate that again. Yes, you'd be hoping to do that, but you're also hoping to maybe bring in, and, and you know, a new dimension to your game, hopefully, as well. And But the time frame to do that is going to be very, very tight. Yeah, it's, it's going to be with the limited number of sessions and then the fact that you're... Your league is is game uh, week in week out. A lot of the the sessions in between are going to be recovery based. So it's it's a uh, you're not going to be able to reinvent the wheel during this year's campaign. I'd imagine. No, and uh, you're not. And the last thing you want to probably do is try and you know implement too many new ideas that you have. Uh, you know, we probably try and stick to what we do best and look, as I said, to work on one or two other aspects that we feel that we could improve on. But, um, you know, those three league games week after week, and it's inevitable that you're going to pick up Knox, Damien, and plus the three oppositions that you'll be playing against kind of have different ways of playing. So you have to be able to adapt to each game that comes to you. One team will bring a certain, you know, certain thing to the match another team might bring something else a different dimension to the game so you know you you, ha you haven't really much time to you you go from one playing one way one week to another way the following week just to adapt to the team you're playing against will will the uh coming up against some of the mullignac the players against longford will 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 that be enjoyable or a bit of torture ah look at um 
there's great respect between us all over there. Um, I know them very well as, as, as they would know me very well. And, you know, obviously there'll be a bit of competitiveness there, which is no harm and it's healthy, but it'd be, it'd be a respect there as well, Damien. You know what I mean? When, you know, before the game, you know, the game heads are beyond and the game faces beyond. But after the game, it'll be shaking hands and asking each other how you're keeping and stuff like that. But there are quality players over there as well. Um, Longford have a lot of quality players, Damien. I, I've seen the first hand. I've known Longford football very well. And, you know, just not the Mullignac, the boys, they have lots of quality footballers, big men over there and have been performing, you know, very well over the last number of years. And they'll be looking forward to this Calvin game as well. And as far as I think, Damien, I think they've been beating Calvin in competitive football in the last four or five occasions. So I know I was involved one year to beat us in Pierce Park. I was at a game in Breffney when the qualifiers and the league as well. So, you know, our record against Longford recently in competitive football hasn't been great. You don't want that to continue, and your bragging rights are important, as friendly as it can be. Yeah, well, that's it. That's it. That's it. So tell me this before I, I let you go. I know it's it's uh, late in the evening now, and you have to put on the, the dinner. How have you been spending your time now? Because you went from a scenario back at the end of 2018 where you're managing Mullinyakta through Leinster campaign, starting off as the cabin manager, holding down everything to now maybe with lockdown having a bit more time what did you do to fill the time yeah um it was hectic there like since since the mullen the thing um, and then straight in 2019 then the getting the Ulster final and then it was straight in the club final and you were trying to unearth new players so it never really stopped but the first lockdown that came in 2020 we, we weren't sure how long it was going to last for. So you were still, you know, working on things in the background. You were still hooking up with players. You were still doing a couple of Zooms, making sure that you were getting things covered off. And then when you realised, well, look at Jesus, there's going to be no inter-county football until September. Then we kind of just switched off. And I think as a management team, we switched off and the players switched off. And we just took a complete break from each other, which I think was a good thing to do. Um, give everybody a bit of space. It gave me time to recharge the batteries and get stuff done at home that would never get done. Do things myself from my own point of view. I'd put on a bit of weight and hadn't been able to do much exercise. So it gave me a chance to get out and, and do a bit of exercise myself. Um, I like the spot of fish and stuff like that. So it definitely gave me time to do that. And then when, when we got back, it was last September, it was hectic right up to Christmas, you know, it was week in, week out, you hadn't a time, minute to yourself, you were trying to, you know, work was busy as well, so the break at Christmas came, it was good, but then you were expected to be back in the middle of January, so basically you only had two weeks and you were already thinking, you were putting your schedule together, your training plan together, you were getting booking facilities and stuff, you were starting to plan again and all of a sudden then, you were told it's pushed back two weeks and pushed back two weeks. So you just kind of took a week by week then, Damien. You just said, you know what, we touch base once every week or 10 days, just see how things are and just eased off and just done things that probably won't get done now for the next seven or eight weeks now. <laughs> so look at the glass might go a wee bit longer now in, in the next seven or eight weeks. But look, at, I'm not complaining. I'm looking forward to getting back in amongst the group um, you know that's what it's all about uh, enjoying it enjoying each other's company but as I said the most important thing is the enjoyment of it that we we enjoy the next eight nine ten weeks because it's another short season you know Damien when you you have four weeks to prepare as you say you have 
you have three league games and then there's a semi-final where we gets there so that's it and then championship two weeks so 10 weeks you know you could be you know all over so it's important that you enjoy every minute of it while you can because it will go come and go very quickly you no know, more than it did last year yeah, definitely, definitely can do. So you're not going to give us any uh, any Netflix shows that you watch or, or or how you pass those evenings or is it all football in your house? No, no, look, you try, as I say, you try to switch off. Um, there is a gang of lads that we, we hook up on, on, on a Friday evening and play online poker together, a couple of ex-club mates. And, you know, <laughs> it's the highlight of the week on a Friday night, about nine or ten of us. And we can talk to each other through the computers and... It goes on for a number of hours and, you know, it does be good crack, actually. So it does. And, yeah, look, at you flick through watching uh, Formula One at the moment. It's a good show. Um, you know, interesting. You can take a few bits and pieces from the likes of those shows as well. But I think at this stage, everybody is Netflix spun out. <laughs> I don't think, you know, because in the WhatsApp groups, any recommendations now, I think everybody has watched anything that can be watched, Damien. So, oh, right. you know, thankfully the summer has arrived, the lads can get back out now and hopefully the clubs will get back next month too because um, let's not forget about them either. Um, mm. It's been tough on them. You know, as county managers, sometimes we can be, we can be greedy and it can be all about the county players, but you have to think about the, the clubs as well and the players that, you know, the bigger pool of players that's out there, especially the younger players, Damien, that, um, you know, need to be out, you know, interacting with, with other players as well and other their friends and stuff like that. And I think it's important that hopefully clubs get back sooner rather than later. And, you know, I know that a lot of managers are giving out about... Um, no knockout in football this year but you know you have to take the club season into consideration they need their time as well and you have to let them have a good cut at it and for the year that's in it you know I think it's the right thing to do yeah I think I think so too the sooner we can all get back out the, the better for everybody it's uh, it, it's with those summer evenings as you were describing we're all just itching to to get out onto the green grass but um, look at Mickey. Thanks very much. I let you go and practice your poker face for Friday night. I'm, I'm sure the bluffing is something you enjoy doing, even if it is only on Poker Stars. But thanks very uh, much for your time, Mickey. Lots of bluffers, Damien. Lots of bluffers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks a million, Mickey. Um, just before we go, a few people have been on looking for George Carter's book, The Gallant John Joe. Um, it's now back in stores. It had sold out in, in a lot of places. So um, if you wanted, I know it's in Super Value in Virginia, in McAvoy Super Value in Virginia, of course, sponsor of this show. So if you want to head in and pick up a copy of it, it's available there and in a lot of other stores around the county. Um, also to bring your attention to uh, an interview over on patreon.com forward slash we are Calvin with Paul Fitzpatrick caught up with the former Calvin under 21 goalkeeper Alan O'Mara 10 years on from the first of a four in a row on the 21 Ulster success can you believe it's 10 years and, and, and what that has led to in terms of Calvin football but a really good uh, discussion between Alan and Paul over on patreon.com forward slash we are Calvin. thanks once again to mickey graham and thanks to you for listening i hope you have a good weekend yes it was great yes it was great yes it was great stuff and larry has put it over the bar it was hard fast football after that you're in Calvin, there was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Calvin to get come back into the big time and then mccabe and it's over the lap and Calvin are not buried yet have them doing all they could to hold their lead Derek McDonald, what a goal! Oh, yes! And over the bar, Vincent Cahill, what a day he is having! Oh, this is.
Sandy-legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah, hurrah, yeah. <laughs>